Hi everyone, welcome to Zoomies, your dog podcast. I'm Adriana Milne, your local dog trainer from Pet Pals Dog Training, and thank you for joining me this afternoon on Radio Karen. So we had a great positive feedback from our show podcast last week. That a lovely interview we did with the New South Wales dog trainer called Aaron Williams. So we're very happy. And uh, so we're trying to continue some interviews of that type on the following programs because of the long weekend coming up, the Queen's birthday. So we decided to do interview the following Friday. We've got a special guest coming up. Today, I wanted to start uh, telling a bit of a personal story, how my Cocker Spaniel Kelly came into my life. It's nice to talk about some personal stories as well. So what happened there is, obviously, she turned recently two years of age. And if you flashback, put back two years, you're going to see that that's smack bang during the COVID period. So I started sussing out some of the you know, reputable dog breeders, uh, Cocker Spaniel breeders through the Dogs Victoria website and um, Dogs Online. So after chatting with quite a few of them, um, I actually had opted before for a breeder from New South Wales. But when I start, uh, so I was put on a waiting list, but when I start seriously considering and looking at how this young little puppy is going to get to me by airplane, the transport, and because of COVID times, those flights, they are not as often as they are now. So I was very concerned thinking that the puppy was going to be waiting, you know, before being loaded on a plane for a long time, and I was not going to be there together because I live in Victoria around Karen. So... Another point was I was put on a waiting list, but I didn't want to hassle anyone. Um, she was a very elderly trainer, and at the, the beginning I didn't know, nothing against, but she was getting a bit confused so, on my position on the waiting list. So then I started really looking on my own backyard in Victoria, and I thought, well, uh, let's have a go and start visiting some of the breeders that are not that far away from us, so I could have the pleasure to meet the, the mom and dad of my future pup. So when I dropped in uh, country Victoria to see, uh, obviously to meet the parents, actually I had a surprise because I really loved uh, an a older dog that was retired from the show ring, and she was about to have, um, she actually just had had literal puppies. And this older Cocker Spaniel, she, older, she was only 15 months, got offered to me because the breeder couldn't hold a certain number. You know, she was going to have more coming from imported uh, in, from Britain, Cocker Spaniels. So she actually offered me um, this lovely Cocker Spaniel to me. And I did have to think about So I went back um, and I had to say she had a lovely temperament, was gorgeous. And then the, the, all the dogs there were just absolutely sensational. So I had a good think about, and then we decided to take um, Zoe on board for two weeks. So I started getting things ready at home and preparing, very excited. So we're going to have a trial of two weeks. Hopefully everything is going to work out fine. And then I could keep Zoe for myself. And having um, inexperienced dog person like my husband I thought well going for an older dog might be the way to go you know so he's not going to go through the puppy stages and if he doesn't have patience he's an older dog 
Um, but what happened was, when I started contacting via emails, you know, you're going to come, we put a certain date to come and pick Zoe up. Um, then I realized that there was a bit of a talk on the emails about this new litter that had just been born, Zoe's litter. Just been born, they were gorgeous, this and that. And um, I thought, well, that's a bit strange because we are coming for Zoe. Um, house already waiting for her. When we then drop in country Victoria, the potential day to pick Zoe up, well, to my surprise, obviously, the things have changed. Not for us, but no, no. Um, uh, well, the, the husband was so attached to Zoe and didn't want to let her go. So when he really came the, 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 the time, he, no, 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 she's not going to go. Okay, what do I do now? <laughs> and guess what? The litter was just born. Eight weeks of age. This Cocker Spaniels, English Cocker Spaniels, mostly really black, apart from a couple that had a couple little dots on the nose and a tiny bit on the chest. Only three, three little girls. So then I was shown the uh, puppies. Obviously, they look gorgeous, isn't it? So I actually get to see these pups two weeks of age and at eight weeks of age, ready to go home. So then I sit with my husband, I'll ask for the breeder a bit of private time to start talking to my husband and well everything was just very different like we had very short time to start go putting our heads around the, the change of plans and I I said to Ross my husband well I am disappointed because I really all my plans and Ross loved the temperament Zoe's temperament and we we're ready to, to take her home and then well one of the facts was that some of these Cocker Spaniels were do a lot of shows and they don't actually visit enough the suburbs. Like when you live in rural, in country areas, they mostly go to the shows for the show rings and then come home. They don't get walked so much on the streets. So I start thinking through some of the dilemmas that I will encounter bringing a 15-month-old dog to the burbs here and uh, a dog that has not been exposed to suburbia and the challenge that I would have faced me. And obviously the, po the, top, the point, the main reason was, no, she was not going to come. It was, <laughs> was decided by you know the owners. PT. So, and I thought, okay, what we do now? These pups are dead. Only one had been um, offered to someone else and two still to be considered. So, I think it was the first time that I actually do a purchase. Obviously, the breeder was a very skilled seller. I'm not saying anything against her because she was a lovely person, very, very knowledgeable, incredible, um, successful successful breeder in the show rings you know those cocker spaniels just win win shows so then uh in the end we decided to bring little puppy home to my surprise because uh, that was a first as i said normally i've got my <laughs> my plan and nothing changes i'm very practical and you know that's it i only go and i get what i want and anyhow and my house wasn't ready for a puppy so here we are bringing the little puppy home. I had a crate already organized in the back. Obviously, I had to hold the tiny little thing. Um, then when we place a home, I have to rush to Bunnings and get a playpen. Some of the things, obviously, that I didn't have because I was expecting an older dog. And uh, anyhow, we start our big journey with little Kelly. And my husband <laughs> was, was very uh, surprised, uh, you know, that we actually brought a puppy home. And part in part myself. So here it comes, yeah, you can be a dog trainer, but there are a bit of change of plans that can happen, you know. So yeah, I did have my thoughts, my head set that I was considering a puppy initially. 
And then once the older dog got offered to me and I fell in love for her temperament and my husband did as well. So here we are, we, we are set for Zoe and then here we are bringing a puppy home. So it can happen to us as well, you know. Yes. So how has it been? Um, first few months, yeah, was a, not exactly as I expected. I had a, quite a bossy puppy. I did have to ring the breeder for some advice because it's been quite a few years that even myself, I haven't had a puppy. And having a very inexperienced husband, it didn't help initially. Obviously, when they're young, they're very fragile, they're cute, they look gorgeous. But as the weeks progressed, you know, that's some situations that you really have to improvise and as you go. So, yeah, um, I had the pleasure to be in touch with the other two ladies who got the other two puppies from the same litter. Actually, little Kelly was the smallest of them. And um, beautiful confirmation, though, beautiful confirmation. She was taught by the breeder, actually, to give the paw straight away. Like, only eight weeks, she already very much knew how to give the paws. And, like, uh, she was put almost like on a little stand for confirmation. The breeder really put work on that. And believe what, eight weeks, I wouldn't expect them to know by this age. But she knew already. So... Yeah, the first two nights, um, she cried a bit. My husband didn't want the puppy on the bedroom, and I had to play pain, and I thought, well, she needs to be in the bedroom. No, no, no. Uh, part of me really thought, well, that's... Anyhow, she stayed on the playpen on the big living room and cried. So after the first two nights of that crying, I said, never again, she's going to come and be crate trained and is going to be in the bedroom with us. And from then on, was much, much better. I had to wake up a few times during the night, initially three times for taking her to the toilet. As time progressed and she could hold the, the bell for a bit longer, it started reducing to two to the point it was uh, only once per night that she needed to go to the toilet. And then obviously by sort of six months, you just have to be in the morning a bit early, six o'clock, you know. So, yeah, things got much better, got much better. One of the main things that was a bit different on her, because it wasn't our smooth sailing, um, she was quite sensitive to s some sudden noises and very scared of dogs barking behind fences that she could not see and dogs barking behind screen doors you know when you sometimes like a, you've got the main door of the house open but the screen door um and then the screen door is the only closed and the dog is there looking at the outside on the street so when we're walking and she could hear the dog barking behind and she was just looking and a bit stressed she doesn't know where the noise is coming from and really didn't like wanted to get out of there so obviously i thought time would go by and she's gonna get more familiarized to sounds and such she did attend two puppy schools uh, almost at the same time and I didn't uh, really like premeditated two at the same time it was I had enrolled in two didn't know which one was going to start first and at the end one started one week and the other started next week so I just went along with two so she did very well very sociable she actually very confident with the bigger dogs in the class like one of puppy school had a um, 16 week Rottweiler pup and the other puppy school had uh, some Bernard. So she actually was very confident around them. And I remember one of them had a little terrier, silky terrier. And little Betty was the most confident of, confident of the whole group. <laughs> so she got introduced to about um, another five puppies uh, on each of the schools, like 10 puppies. And she started puppy school 10 weeks of age. 
one of 10 and one at 11. Yeah, and I do recommend it. Please do that. Don't wait until your dog get older to start socializing. So during the COVID time, we started walking uh, different areas. Initially, we allowed it about five kilometers from your house. And uh, as she got the vaccinations uh, and she could come out with us, we started taking her to little walks uh, um, on the surroundings. Remember, guys, at that time, everybody was out and about with their dogs because some people are working from home and taking the dogs out quite a lot as well. There was uh, heaps of dogs out there being walked. So she started meeting children. She started meeting, you know, people and all the dogs, seeing things and noises and being, you know, introduced to life experiences in general. So uh, most of the things went well. The only thing that didn't do well, it was when she met three little kids that came towards her a bit full on. And the scenario was that I actually knew the lady because she had attended um, some private training with me, her previous border collie. And because I knew the mom of those three, uh, uh, not toddlers, about eight, nine years of age, I actually stopped to talk a little bit with her. And the little three boys come a bit full on, can I pet the puppy, pet the puppy? And that spooked uh, Kelly. So what has happened there wasn't ideal. You know, I didn't want to stay too long, but I should have really got going straight away. And the reason I didn't was just because I was trying to finish the conversation with this lady and uh, that who I knew. Anyhow, there was one bad scenario there. The second one happened, and how old was Kelly then? I think she was about um, 13, 14 weeks. So other one was when we are um, working our state area, and a little boy comes on a bike really squealing, really squealing for no reason. So that was very unexpected, and Kelly really spoke with that sound. And, and then it became a bit of a bad association, a bike coming towards her direction, and that sort of high-pitched voice in a child, associated to a child who was doing it. So that's the second scenario. And third time, on the river bank, because I live close, very close to the Patterson River Bank, my state area, and uh, it comes like three teenagers very fast from the riverbank with three bikes and flat out down on the coming towards the street. Third situation, she got spooked about that sensitive period of mm, 14 weeks. So those three things didn't help. And because of that, she started um, showing some signs, being a bit afraid of children, high-pitched voice and bicycles. So I had to put quite a bit of work with her on this because uh, initially she'll see a child and don't want to approach and don't forget, they have a very sensitive period in their lives, the fear period. And you need to try to avoid and anything goes wrong during those times. Sometimes things can happen, though, totally unexpectedly, you know, out of your control, like these three situations. Uh, and you really um, need to work on them straight away because uh, otherwise they could have a better association with the particular event or the trigger what provokes some level of fear or stress. So it has been a journey because initially I had plans for Kelly to be a canine classroom. That's the the group uh, the plan, program that the Delta Society runs for, you know, you can take your dog, prepare and train your dog to be able to attend schools. And uh, where the kids have a bit of learning difficulty, they start reading t for the dog and they relax because the dog is there. So they read for the dog. And when they realize they, <laughs> they're just reading much better than any other time. So that was one of the plans, and to be a therapy dog, because um, once my mom passed, uh, there was one place, the last place my mom lived, I always had my dream, if I have a dog, I love my dog to be able to attend as a therapy dog, 
the place where my mom lives and visit the elderly here. So it be so much pleasure to be able to give, you know, uh, a place that really like had my mom towards the end when she passed and uh, where she, my mom lived for a few years of her life until the end. So, well, that wasn't to be. That had delayed a bit the plans um, in this regard. So it's been a, a journey. She has improved too much. She has improved a lot since. She doesn't love children, but if you are in a dog park, where one that I've got, and she loves the soccer ball, and she's um, playing with me, or we're kicking the ball, and then kids come around, she's quite okay to share the ball with them, as long as people don't come and face her, you know, straight on like that. She does. A lot of dogs really don't like, because it's very confrontational to approach a dog, like staring, eyeballing. Uh, they don't like even other dogs doing the same, but a person coming, you need to ask permission to come and say hello to a dog. Okay, not full on through the front. Or can I touch and already come with your hand towards this dog? Because this person is a stranger to them, okay? There's no relationship. So we have to ask permission of an owner. So, yeah, so have things have improved, but has been a, a tough start, to tell you the truth. Yeah, so as I said, any thing that happens with your pups, your dogs, look for professional advice of a dog trainer or behaviorist, a veterinary behaviorist, and do work with them to uh, improve the situation. I think we are going to go very much about now to a short break, and I'll be with you in a little while. You're listening to Radio Karen. Hello, my name is Dave Graney. I am an underworld musician of many years standing. I'm here to ask you to tune into my fellow traveller, my comrade, Tor Larson's show, Sunrise on Super 8, every Saturday morning from 9am to midday on Radio Caram. Hi, welcome back everyone. You're listening to Zoomies, your podcast on Radio Karen. I wanted to share with you the pleasure that is to have had a chance to have read three wonderful books. I would, if you love teen and have issues with teenage dogs, can be your situation, there is one book that stops. The book was written by Barbara Hoddle, and she uh, is part of the Pet Professional Guild Committee. She was the previous Pet Professional Guild president. She's vice president now, and I have a pleasure to work with her at a committee level or PPGA. She wrote a top book called How to Love and Survive Your Teenage Dog. And I have read and I would highly recommend. And if you are interested and if you happen to have a teenage dog and you need some knowledgeable advice, please just get this book. And you'll find it at www.gooddog.com.au slash shop. Other book that I would really highly recommend if you want to understand more and uh, you've got any situations with your dogs that have and display excessive barking at different situations. It is the book of a Scandinavian dog trainer called Turid Rugas. The title of the book is Barking, the Sound of a Language. And you can obtain this book at DogWise website. It is a training manual. Turid Rugas is a dog trainer and behaviorist, and she's been studying canine social language for more than 30 years. Her best-selling book and DVD on talking terms with dogs, calming signals, has changed the way we think about dogs and brought a greater appreciation of just how intelligent dogs are. She's actually the author as well another title book called My Dog Pulse, What Do I Do? 
So we're not lecturing to it lives in a small town in Norway. So the title of this particular book, Barking, the Sound of a Language. And then on it, you've got quite a, a few pictures and uh, the situations where uh, excessive barking can happen because it can happen at different situations and reasons behind. It can be territorial barking, can be attention seeking, can be just listening and uh, reacting to noises in the neighborhood or the dogs barking can be some sign of anxiety, you know, or even pain. So it's very important to understand the underlying cause of the barking. The other third book that I was going to recommend to you, it is a book uh, by Laura Viseratis, The Rescue Dog is the book title, and is a practical guide to adopting, training, and living with a dog with emotional baggage, like quite a few of the rescue dogs have emotional baggage. So, give a rescue dog a better life is one of the most uplifting journeys you can go on. The rescue dog will guide you on the path to success. So, Laura is an animal behaviorist, and she has worked in... Um, as a, a behaviorist in general for a while, I've seen her doing some lectures at uh, the Dog Lover Show. She actually is going to have a dog TV program coming up soon. And uh, she's an animal behaviorist. But her insight on the book is about specific situations, um, how she has helped stories of rescue dogs. She has helped in the, the families, the human part of the token as well, okay, and the journeys they went through. And talking about rescue dogs... Uh, just keep in mind, if you do get a rescue dog, you want to be um, get a trainer coming to see you and have a private consultation as soon as possible because um, the way you set your dog for success on the home um, is uh, the way to go because, you know, like is a, some of them have been for quite a few different homes and you want to be sure that that's the last home they're going to have. So you want a real, real plan and uh, to have a training plan with a trainer is the best way you can possibly address this um, I don't recommend rescue dogs or adopted dogs in that situation for very inexperienced dog owners because um, they do have, uh, they are actually a project you know, some of them might not do well in a dog class scenario or in a group class and uh, then um, you might need uh, really to tackle dog training privately with a force free dog trainer we are going to go shortly for another break and we'll be back in a tick. We're listening to Zoomies on Radio Karen. Oi, 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 oi. IGA is shopping nice. IGA where the price is right. Seaford North IGA for your groceries and liquor. IGA Express, there's nothing quicker. Hi everyone, welcome back to Zoomies, your doggy podcast on Radio Karen. I'm Adriana Milne. So, I wanted to cover the dog profile of the day, and I chose it today to talk about the Australian cattle dog. Okay, it is one of the herding types of dogs, types of breeds. Description, a compact working dog, powerful and very agile. It comes in blue or red speckled. The temperament, a herding breed, he's not suitable for a life alone in the backyard. A very intelligent breed, he can become easily bored, and that can lead to some behavioral problems. These dogs need to be part of the action. They are loyal, protective, and alert. An excellent guard dog, brave and trustworthy. 
can be very loyal, and he's a bit of a one-person dog. Sometimes suspicious of people and dogs they don't know. It could be dog aggressive if not socialized at a young age. Uh, not always good with children, except if the family members have had them since puppyhood. It tends to nip at the people's heels in an attempt to hurt them. And that can happen on a doggy park as well while playing with other dogs. Working lines may be too active and intense for home life, but they can, this breed can be very easy to train with commitment from the owner, of course. Health problems, prone to hip dysplasia and deafness. Living conditions, the dogs do best with a large yard and they need a job to do. Mental stimulation and physical exercise, okay? Exercise, they have incredible stamina and they will enjoy all the activity you can give to them. Without enough exercise, they can become easily bored and destructive. They do require long daily walks. Life expectancy, 12 to 15 years. Grooming, easy to groom and tend to shed their coats once or twice a year. The origin of the breed was developed by the pioneer settlers in the 19th century to herd cattle on large ranches, able to stand harsh conditions and long distances. Both its guiding and herding instincts are very strong and may extend to people and other animals. So group herding, working dogs, and um, that's the Australian cattle dog for you. Today is going to be a slightly shorter show. And we are going to no special events as soon um, coming up that I, as far as I know, and I'll keep you posted for next week. I'll come with some other events on the local area and in Melbourne, okay, involving dogs for you. So I think we've reached the end of today's show. And thank you for listening to our doggy podcast, Zoomies, okay? So we're looking forward to another wonderful guest next week and don't forget have take your dogs out and about um the weekend doesn't seem so wet this time you know like go taking for walkies and get them very warm a little warm jacket i love having the um, that one from the horse land because i used to have horses before the weather beat that's waterproof and is a really a great doggy coat for winter and waterproof for the walks because sometimes you're out there and just bucket rain out of the blue unexpectedly and you really need a waterproof dog um, coat for your dog and please don't forget don't uh, groom them too short because they need their coating for winter you know to keep the warmth uh, your dogs because if you clip too short when you take them to the groomer they are going to feel very cold okay keep them warm and we are going to chat next week have a wonderful weekend with your dogs and see you then bye